Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. Now, I would like to talk to you about something that is um, very important for the life of our church. And after the first service, I'm somewhat discouraged because, um, you know, one good thing about preaching three times is that you immediately get the response of people, and then you come preach again, and you immediately get, and then you preach again. So probably the third time is the best time. But in some sense, as the moderator of the elders board and as the one that mostly preaches to you, I have an obligation to protect you as a congregation from those who would do us harm, all right? And you have to trust my sense of what is trying to do us harm. I should not trust your sense. I should be attuned to you, listening carefully to you, watching you, and I should know what the danger is. That's actually what you pay me to do. You pay me to know what the problems are. Okay, And so I try very hard to sniff the wind, to watch body posture, to read emails, to watch the social media, and to know what's going on with you. Okay, And sometimes I have to address these issues because I believe that they're a real threat to us as a congregation, and that today is one such time. Yesterday I put up a post on Warhorn in which I dealt with the issue of face masks. And after the first service this morning, uh, somebody came up to me and said, you're not wearing a face mask. Well, it was outside. And one thing, if you read anything about face masks, one thing you find out about face masks is that when you're outside, immediately when you step outside because of the natural ventilation, you have a 19 time, not 19%, 19 times less risk outside than you do inside. Okay, the major outbreaks have been from inside contagion. And, and so if you're observing social distancing outside, and, and it was interesting, this man had his mask on and I was three feet away. And so if you know anything about the statistics about masks, that's perfectly safe. You're outside, that's 19 times less, plus he has a mask. But what he said to me, indicated to me, that he had misunderstood me, that I was a mask supporter, that I was a mask advocate, that I was an advocate for masks. And I want you to know, I am not an advocate for masks. (laughs) All right? That's not what I'm concerned about. What I'm concerned about is people who are using masks to foment rebellion among Christians against their civil authorities and to foment rebellion amongst Christians against their own elders. That's what I'm opposed to. I do not believe in allowing other reformed pastors and elders to come into our flock and to seduce you and to alienate your affections against your elders. And so your elders and your deacons met recently, had a long meeting, thought very carefully, prayed and came to some conclusions about masks. And so when I said this to this gentleman, this gentleman said to me, well, yeah, and they're requiring us to wear masks. And so therefore I'm, 
I'm in favor of mass. No, 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 I'm in favor of submitting to the elders, please. I'm in favor of submission to the elders. We will never be united as a church if we don't submit to elders. This is what the Israelites learned in the wilderness. This is what they learned when Jethro came to them, to Moses and said, you need help resolving the conflicts of this people. And so they got one elder for every 10 people. Remember that, out in the wilderness, okay? There are lots of disagreements and lots of conflicts among God's people. And the elders are the ones that you have elected to resolve the conflicts. Do you see this? And it doesn't mean that the elders resolve the conflicts properly. And that's what I said to him. I said, it doesn't matter really whether the elders are right or wrong about requiring us to wear masks. What matters is that we submit to them. Because leaders are those that you give the privilege of being wrong to. You don't elect leaders so that they can be right all the time. You know that when you submit to them that they're often wrong. And I said to him, your wife knows regularly in your leadership that you're wrong. And so what should she do? Should she be a shrew when you're wrong and submissive when you're right? That's not the nature of submission. Do any of us treat our dads that way? When our dads are respectable and make the right decision, then we submit, but otherwise we're like, you know, heck no, I won't go. You see this? You as a congregation need to submit to your elders not to blow hearts from other parts of the country who are telling you that your elders are committing idolatry. Okay? And so, um, I wanna read part of what I wrote yesterday about this. I wrote it for the blog, so I'm gonna change parts of it as I read it. I'll stop and make some points, but trust me when I tell you, I wrote this because of what's going on in this church and because of what's going on in other churches in Evangel Presbytery. We are losing people and we are having people angry at us because of our positions on masks. Okay? When I choose how to deal with you as a congregation, I don't make the choice in a vacuum. I told you at the beginning, I watch you, I listen to you. I gather information, of course, from Mary Lee, and Mary Lee gathers it from your wives. I read my emails, I watch social media. And so this is an issue among us. And if you wanna know what I'm going to end up saying, this is it in summary. Do not read Facebook and put yourself under the leadership of men who you have not vowed to submit to. They don't know Bloomington. They don't know our church. They don't know our demographics. They don't know our elders. They don't know our pastors. Now, in point of fact, one of the main people that I've had to struggle to, to keep you from listening to is a man that was in worship with us a few weeks ago. And so in one sense, he thinks he knows us. He doesn't know us. He's preached here. He still doesn't know us. Okay. Give your affections, okay, your love and your submission to the men that you have elected to be your elders. Okay. 
It's that simple. Not because they're blank, now fill in the blank. Not because they're right, but because they're the, say it again, they're the right people to be wrong. And wives, did you hear that? (laughs) Children, did you hear that? Employee, did you hear that about your employer? There are many, many things that we have to submit to on the part of those who are over us where because of our particular knowledge, we know they're wrong and we submit. Now, I'm not telling you to bow down to a statue of Nebuchadnezzar, right? I'm just saying the elders said we should wear masks, so ah, let's wear masks. Let me read this. Several months ago, we published here, so when I say we, I mean Warhorn, the people that write for Warhorn. And when I say here, I mean Warhorn Media and Out of My Mind, the the blog. Several months ago, we published here the substance of what went on to be adopted as our Evangel Presbytery statement on sphere of sovereignty, worship, and COVID-19 quarantines. In this document, Evangel Presbytery declared our commitment to civil disobedience. When the civil authorities' COVID-19 decrees reached a level of harmfulness, the elders of a church became convinced posed a serious threat to the well-being of their flock. After the first service, I asked Dave Carell, what does he think? He says, "It's, it's too long, it's too long. So I'll cut out the quote from this, but you can go online at Evangel Presbytery and read the document. And we commit ourselves to civil disobedience in that document, and that document was published two and a half months ago. Okay, do you understand? Nobody here is opposed to civil disobedience, right? But we refuse to allow it to be trivialized. That's the issue. When you call everybody in the country as a Christian to disobey the civil authority over face masks? I mean, really. I mean, Really? Yeah, we're not doing it over abortion. We're not doing it over euthanasia. And as Max point, Pastor Max pointed out after the first service, we didn't have a, a movement led by these men for all of us to refuse our stimulation checks. <laughs> I mean, come on. High dudgeon about things that are meaningless and no dudgeon at all when it comes to what? $1,200 per taxpayer? When the session of Trinity Reformed Church first adopted this statement on May 14, again, two and a half months ago, it was clear to us our own congregation, that's Trinity Reformed Church, would soon face the necessity of disobeying our own civil authorities at some particular of their COVID-19 decrees. So then, a couple weeks ago, we found ourselves at that point. Your elders, your pastors, and your deacons, we met together. We found ourselves at the point of civil disobedience. Local county health authorities issued a mask requirement allowing no exceptions for public worship. Reading that decree, we called a meeting of our session and deacons for the purpose of acting on a motion that we proceed with civil disobedience. Did you hear me? 
Then, in the final minutes prior to the meeting, our county health authorities issued a clarification in which they specifically excluded preaching and worship leadership from those who must wear masks. Noting our gratitude for this exception for church worship, leadership, and preaching, the session's actions that day, that evening, concerning COVID-19, nevertheless, including the following from our July 18, 2020 minutes. And so this is what? two weeks ago, okay? And this is an excerpt from our minutes for that meeting. Quote, there was additional discussion about what our limits would be in abiding by further health orders. As we have articulated articulated in prior statements, most notably in the Sphere Authority Statement of May 2020, we are prepared to obey orders of our rulers until they require us to disobey God. and in particular, until they significantly interfere with the physical or spiritual health of the flock. Accordingly, we are prepared to view the length of application of these laws, for instance, indefinite, of these current orders as part of what we would object to. And then moved, seconded, and adopted that we enter in the record our concern that the final statement of July 17 Monroe County Health Order is indefinite. Quote, this order shall be in effect until rescinded, unquote. And it has no review date and it interferes with the spiritual care of our flock and may impinge upon our freedom of religious assembly. Does that sound like rolling over and playing dead? No, it's not, okay? It's clear. We have metal. We have firmness. We have iron in our will. We're not just rolling over and playing dead. We asked Elder Brian Bailey to write a letter to the Public Health Department thanking them for their clarification of July 17, and yet also noting the growing tension we feel between honoring the revelations and taking care of God's sheep. Two, we were unanimous in adopting the following motion. Quote, by consensus of the elders and deacons, it was agreed that we will not be able to abide by any mandate requiring no singing in worship. Unquote. In other words, don't trivialize civil disobedience. Singing is serious. Okay? One discouraging part of the posture some reform pastors have taken publicly in the midst of this COVID-19 morass is their encouragement of souls to leave their churches if their own elders and pastors do not draw the line of civil disobedience precisely where they do. These men have encouraged sheep and other elders' flocks to find another church if their own church is limiting in church worship due to COVID-19. They have also called into question the faithfulness of other elders who do not oppose public health laws requiring face masks. Back five months ago, I warned pastors and elders they would soon face conflict and division in their congregations over face masks, five months ago. What I didn't foresee was that other reformed pastors with high visibility through their podcasts and blogs, pastors we have cultivated respect for within this flock for many years, would denounce our elders' leadership and decisions and thus alienate the affection of our sheep. over health laws requiring face masks.
Reformed pastors are dividing the church over face masks, condemning those not opposed to face mask laws for their, quote, submission to the statist gods, unquote. That's us. That's your elders. We are submitting to the statist gods. Yesterday I was thinking about this state of affairs and I realized something important. These men aren't primarily concerned with getting sheep from other congregations to see things their way concerning COVID-19 public health decrees. If this were their goal, the sheep reading and listening to them from our church and other churches in other cities in other parts of the country would not be critical of their own elders who had, in our own case, for instance, publicly stated their commitment to civil disobedience of these decrees at this or that point. After all, no reasonable elder or pastor thinks every church in every county and state should draw the line when and where he and his fellow elders draw the line for their own congregation. I mean, it's absurd. You know, we have to make decisions in our location, in our situation, in our milieu, in our context, right? It should be sufficient that other pastors and elders recognize the temptation to roll over and play dead in front of the civil authority behemoths during this time of crisis and that we're taking steps to make sure that we're not lying prostrate in front of the behemoth. Okay, are you with me? Nevertheless, it hasn't been sufficient for these men. And sheep reading these men across the country have been led by them to judge their own elders, including people in this church of our elders. So now add it all up. The elders of a certain church adopted a statement months ago indicating their commitment to judge and disobey the civil authorities' COVID-19 health decrees when they began to cause serious harm to those sheep under their charge. And then, a couple weeks ago, these same elders declared their concern directly to the local civil authority, telling him they were concerned with indefinite limitations on their corporate worship and going on record acknowledging they were near the point of civil disobedience. At that same meeting, those elders unanimously agreed to defy any forthcoming order demanding there be no singing in corporate worship. Can any elder or pastor concerned for the church's unity and peace not see that it is schismatic to condemn such a church in her offices for, quote, submission to the status gods? And yet, here is one pastor's condemnation of brothers in Christ who submit to face mask decrees. And he was here in worship with us a few weeks ago. And this is what he writes. Quote, now remind you, it's all about face masks. His entire post is about face masks. And this is what he writes. Will we worship him and serve him? Or will we keep dabbling with idols and false gods? It's Christ or nothing, Christ or chaos. Do we want Christian freedom or statist solidarity? Only Christ died for our sins. Only Christ is risen from the dead to make all things new. The statist idols are all deaf, dumb, and blind. They have mandated worthless pieces of fabric be worn on your face. That is their current sacrament. Now, I know you don't like me yelling. I know that. But that's the rhetoric. 
It is yelling. It is railing. It is reviling. It is calling in every single argumentum ad populum that it can. In other words, it is using all the language and all the symbolism that will tug at your heart and make you feel that if you wear a a face mask, that you are observing the sacrament of the godless. I mean, do you get this? That's what he's trying to get you to believe. And meanwhile, your elders had said, we're going to wear face masks. (coughs) Okay, now listen. In view of all that is written above that I just read to you, yesterday I came to the conclusion that no amount of civil disobedience of any part of COVID-19 public health laws will suffice to heal this breach in the church. The breach isn't over this or that law, And COVID-19 is only the convenient occasion required for the larger cause. What cause? Reviling the civil authorities that God has put over us. That's the cause. There are many of us who are angry over the COVID-19 laws, and this is the seedbed that these men are exploiting. Despite their theological denouncements of biblical proportions against face masks, they wear them themselves. They say so publicly. If I want to go into a business, a store, and buy something, I'll put a face mask on. I thought it was a sacrament. What, will they, what they will not do is stop exploiting fellow Reformed believers' anger over COVID-19 laws for the purpose of growing their constituency. And what is that constituency comprised of? Christians who approve of pastors reviling their civil authorities. That's the real commitment of these men and the real danger they pose to the church today. Often I've said I'd have more sympathy for these men if they were calling for civil disobedience against the wholesale slaughter of our nation's babies going on year after year. The pervasive murder of the aged through starvation, dehydration, and narcotic suppression of vital functions. Or the murder of handicapped newborns like Baby Doe in Bloomington Hospital back in 1983. But instead, it's face masks. They think they finally have an issue causing sufficient anguish to the sheep to get the sheep on board with reviling their authorities. No matter how much other elders and pastors agree with civil disobedience of COVID-19 laws, if those pastors don't revile also, the sheep those men have woke aren't satisfied. Their hearts begin to grow cold toward their own shepherds as they warm towards those trying to draw disciples away after themselves. Until the sheep learn to recognize reviling against authority and its sinfulness, they will continue to be misled into thinking this disagreement is over COVID-19 and face masks. But really, this disagreement is over honoring those in authority over us in how we speak and how we write and how we think, both outside and inside us. And then I close with this uh, uh, 
excerpt from 2 Samuel chapter 15, 3 to 4. Then Absalom would say to him, see, your claims are good and right, but no man listens to you on the part of the king. Moreover, Absalom would say, oh, that one would appoint me judge in the land. And then every man who has any suit or cause could come to me and I would give him justice. (laughs) Guys, come on. This is just very, very normal across church history. And your elders aren't perfect. I am certainly not perfect. But I mean, honestly, your elders are such good men. They're such good men. Don't be alienated from them. Don't. You know that I've just finished this book on, it's going to be titled Elders Reformed. Church Reformed last time, Elders Reformed. It'll, it'll be released on September 11. And again and again and again in the book, I, I plead with elders to act in such a way that the sheep will trust them. To love the sheep. And the entire time, Jürgen and I co-wrote the book, the entire time we wrote the book, uh, we were just so overwhelmed, and we say it a couple times in the book, with just the joy of working with the elders that we get to work with. We love them. And you know, lots of pastors would say that. But you know if I say it, I mean it. I just can't imagine the joy of working with you, you men. I mean, the pastors and elders and deacons of this church, it's like you've died and gone to heaven. Do not listen to these blowhards in other parts of the country. They think they have a principle, and they're screaming like little girls about it. And it's embarrassing to me. But you know, I'm sure I've embarrassed them also by screaming about this and that. And so, you know, we have to be sort of philosophical about some people getting like wacko at certain points that we don't quite see why, you know? But here and now, our country and the church are in a position that I have never seen in my life. And we will not trivialize civil disobedience. It will come, and it has come at key moments. You remember Max got arrested trying to go in and feed Terry Shivo. You remember this? We believe in civil disobedience, but we don't believe in it over face masks. And they don't really either because they put them on when they want to go in a store and get something. Okay? Now, I want to end by reading our text for the morning, okay? And then make a couple comments. And I won't, I won't give you the sermon, I promise. But 
I think there's an application that's really sweet, okay? So here is our text for this morning. We're moving into Romans 9. And here is what Romans 9 verses 1 to 5 is, all right? This is the word of God, and it's eternally true. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption of sons, and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises, whose are the fathers and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh, who is overall God blessed forever. Amen. And here's what I want to end with. And I'll pick this up again next week, but would you think about this statement by the Apostle Paul? There's one other time that a similar statement is made in Scripture, and that's by Moses. Both Paul and Moses make the statement that if they can protect the people of God by being damned, that they're willing to be damned if those they love among the children of Israel will be saved. And so here's the Apostle Paul, who has been unbelievably persecuted by the authorities of his own people, the Jews. The church authorities have been unbelievably evil against Jesus, against Stephen, against him. And how does he respond to these authorities? I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. Listen, when we see the betrayal of our nation, after the service, one of the gentlemen in our church said to me, how do you deal with patriotism if we're to wear face masks? And and part of my answer is, well, let's not choose face masks as our act of patriotism. You know, we don't wear them, that shows we're patriots now. But it is very difficult for us. He went on to say in our country, absolutely everything that's precious to us as Christians is being destroyed by our civil authorities. Do I need to convince any of you of that? (laughs) It's just absurd. I mean, that's the relentless theme of the preaching of the word in this church. Be on guard, okay? Evil men, you know, righteous Lot gnashed his teeth. We live in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? This is the relentless theme is for all of us to be on guard against the terrible wickedness of the ideologies seducing us and our children and and all the sheep of this community. I mean, what does IU stand for but that? But Nero was the emperor. When the apostle Paul says, submit to those authorities God's put over you. And we have nothing on Nero. 
And so what we need to realize is that there are ways of submitting and honoring authorities who are wicked and evil. And that that's not to violate patriotism. Does that make sense to you? And it's a difficult line to walk. It's very difficult. I can remember when President Trump had just been elected, I was sitting with a nephew of mine up at the family reunion at the Taylor's home. And he was explaining to me with all kinds of family members listening who had no sympathy for President Trump. (laughs) And he was explaining to me how excited he was to have President Trump in office because President Trump was just going to absolutely destroy the credibility of the media. All right? And he was so excited to see the credibility of the media exposed. And I remember saying to him, but... Do you realize that when you unleash attacks upon the fourth estate, which is what they style themselves, do you realize that there is going to be a negative result of that, which is nobody is going to have any source of information they trust? It wasn't that I disagreed with him about the nature of the media. I stopped reading the New York Times about 20 years ago. I won't touch it because it just lies and lies and lies and lies and lies. And it does it in such a sophisticated way that most people don't see it when they read it. And so I'm in principle, and then I stopped taking the New Yorker. And I, since I went in the ministry, I won't read Christianity today. All right, so yes, the media is evil. The Christian media, the evangelical media, the media is evil. And yet every time we take a step against authorities in our culture, we have to realize that it's a double-edged sword. And if you unleash the hordes of reformed, zealous men on the issue of face masks, you have to understand that one of the results of that is that the pastor and the elders are gonna have less authority. Authority is a fabric. And if you rail and revile the civil authorities and think somehow that will put you in the catbird seat and everybody will respect and honor you as a pastor, as an elder, you're an idiot. The real problem we have today is that nobody honors God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. They do not fear our heavenly Father. And consequently, they do not fear their husbands. They do not fear their mothers and fathers. They do not fear their pastors and elders, and they certainly don't fear their civil authorities. Do you understand this? The real issue is whether or not the Reformed Church is going to be prophetic and call people to respect authority. And there has never been an authority appointed by God that has not been sinful. Never. Your husband is sinful. (laughs) Am I telling you anything, Ann? No. Carol? Janet? No. And your father and your mother are sinful. Am I telling you anything, Abigail? 
No. And so listen, we are called by God to respect and honor and submit to those who are sinful. It doesn't mean that we bow down to Nebuchadnezzar, a statue of Nebuchadnezzar. But if your elders say that the time to disobey is not face masks and other elders and pastors in other parts of the country say that your elders are idolatrous status, don't give them one second's notice. Do you understand me? And I say that as Papa, as Dad, okay? And not because I'm insecure or whatever, but because it's for your good and it's for our good as a church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these brothers in Christ who have been so helpful to us on so many levels. We pray your blessing on them and their leadership, and we do ask you to stop them from this railing and reviling, which is so unseemly and so wrong. We pray that you will protect us from being disrespectful of our mothers and fathers, our husbands, our elders, our pastors, our deacons, and especially our mayor, our county supervisors, our president, our senators, our law enforcement officers, Father, help us to honor those you have put in authority over us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.